Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Major Week on the PGA Tour, or in professional golf, I should say. It is the United States Open, and this is the Opening a Tee Podcast, part of the Awesome Golf Podcast series. Each and every week, I give you three short-form podcasts that are specific targets and topics that will hopefully give you a better listening experience. You can go and get the information that you are looking for right on your fingertips. And if you don't want the information, luckily for you, you don't have to listen to it. You can just go ahead and skip to the next one or the next one. And and if this is your first time listening to the series, the first one, the opening tee, what I do is I give you a statistical review of the previous week or the week that was. I give you a couple of facts from the previous week as well. Then I give you uh, some tidbits about the upcoming week, the golf course, the field, and so on and so forth. In my second one, I go over the fit and the form. So in that one, I talk about the course history, if there is any, the recent form, and the strokes gained that goes along with that recent form. And then I sew it all up on Wednesday with an against the grain that focuses on ownership for the DFS slate. So let's go ahead and jump right into my opening tee podcast for this week. And we always start off with the force from facts from the previous week. And the first one, it just has to go to last year's Payne Stewart Award winner, Stewart Sink. He gets it done, a win kind of, not kind of, pretty much out of nowhere with his son on the back. What a great story. His son, uh, obviously not his full-time caddy, but what a great family experience that was. Uh, speaking of a good experience or family experience, Akshay Bhatia makes his first cut and in fashion also comes in the top 10 and earns himself another start. Won't have to get that sponsor exemption. Akshay Bhatia finally breaking through. Also breaking through is Satith Thagala. So both of them had struggled on the PGA Tour but had been really playing well on those mini tours. So good to see them break through and earn a good amount of money uh, here this week out in the desert. Third one, we're going to shift over to the European tour. George Kutsia gets it done in Europe. It was actually his second straight win. He had won the previous week in a smaller tournament in his home country in South Africa, but still getting it done. Well, well done for George Kutsia. He's got a good record at this tournament. And Tommy Fleetwood. He was a late entry to the field, flew over there. Now he's going to fly back for the U.S. Open. And he came out of nowhere on the weekend. He had just made the cut on the number, blasted up the leaderboard, ended up coming in a tie for 30. He was 500 to 1. 
to win the tournament entering into Saturday. Uh, that means his you know top ten and top twenty odds were also quite in infl- uh, top five and top ten odds were quite inflated as well. So if you had jumped on that, it was a decent payoff. And now, did he do enough to drag people back in at eighty nine hundred this week for the U.S. Open? That I guess we'll have to see. Of course, if you're not uh, already an Osmo Plus member. It's a great time to become one. We've got the major coming up. We've also got great golf coming up after that. The newly moved Zozo and CJ Cup, uh, which used to be out in Asia, is now going to be moved to Las Vegas and Sherwood, California. So two great venues there to continue those tournaments. So if you're not already a member, check us out for this week. It is major week, $8.95 for that. And if you want to join us for the month, just $29.99. Okay, my last foursome fact of the week is Doc Redmond. Got to give it to him. 62-10 under on Sunday. He goes from basically in like 50th or worse or right around there to all the way up to a tie for third. Was holding the lead for a while before Stuart Sink was able to come through. Okay, let's end to the statistical review of last week. This is where I compare some age-old statistics to the new age statistics of strokes gained. Now, there are some golfers that are playing uh, in... This week, that played last week, not that many, but maybe this is more for going forward in the uh, fall segment that we're in, checking out the guys that are close to inform, and certainly by a statistical review, we can kind of pick that up. So, first one we're going to do is off the tee, William Gordon led the field this week, Bud Colley number two, Sam Burns three, Bohag four, Vincent Whaley number five, Brendan Steele six, Grillo list, Michael Gillick, Bo Hostler, Kevin Stroman, and Christopher Ventura round out the top 10 or so. Now when we check out driving distance, William Gordon, Luke List, those are two checks for sure. Johnny Vegas was three. We didn't find him up there though. Uh, Sepp Straka, Christopher Ventura, Sam Burns, Jamie Lovemark, Nick, uh, let's see, uh, Charlie Hoffman also up there as well. So maybe about a 40 or 50% correlation. <clears throat> Excuse me, as we move on to driving accuracy, Ches Reavy, JJ Spawn, Jim Furyk, James Hahn, Doc Redman, Bud Colley, David Hearn, William Gordon, Russell Knox, Doug Gim, Vincent Whaley, Bryce Garnett, and Brian Stewart up there. So I would say, again, maybe about a 40% crossover. So you look at those that this week at a par 72, 7,100 yards, doesn't surprise me that you could have gotten it done either way either with your distance or finding the fairway uh, more often than other golfers there. Okay, let's go into our approaches. And Doc Redman, that's how he got it done on Sunday, going 10 under. He led the field this week in strokes gained on the approach. Ricky Barnes, number two, name we haven't heard in a while. Ches Reavy, number three. Interesting, maybe he is back in form. I thought he was out, maybe not so much. Emiliano Rio was four. Ledesma, five. Harry Higgs, six. Rob Oppenheim, seven. Stuart Sink was eight. J.J. Spawn, 9, Charles Schwartzel, 10, Austin Cook, Zing Zoom Jang, and Andrew Putnam. Round out the top 12 or so. Andrew Putnam is certainly a name that I like to see up there. We know how good he is at punting. Okay, let's switch over to greens and regulations, see how much crossover we can have. We can have Stuart Sink, Russell Knox, Cam Percy, Brendan Steele, Emiliano Brio, J.J. Spawn, James Hahn, Brandon Grace, Jim Furyk, Isaiah Salinda, Ches Reavy, Kevin Sherman, and Ricky Barnes. So I'd say about a 60 or 70% crossover there between greens and regulation and strokes gained on the approach this week. And the last one we do is putts per green and regulation to strokes gained putting. It's really just 
looking at the uh, hot putters of the week. Justin Hadley, Sepp Straka, Kevin Schumann, Sam Burns, Harry Higgs, Vincent Whaley, Harold Farner, Dr. Edmund, Vic, uh, not Victor, Pat Perez, Christopher Ventura, and Joe Hyung Kim. Putts for green and regulation is what those guys did. In strokes gain putting, going to see Sahith Thagala, Pat Perez, Bo Hostler, Cam Ren Percy, Justin Hadley, Christopher Ventura, Jason Duffner, DJ Tryon, Ben Taylor, David Hearn, James Hahn, and Kevin Strillman. So a ton of crossover there. In fact, the next two guys, uh, Stuart Sink and Harold Varner, also show up there. So not surprisingly, as we see each and every week, a lot of crossover between those two stats. Okay, now we're going to go into some fun for probably about five minutes or so. We got a cut sweat segment. And let me tell you, this was a good one this past week. And I, when I say good one, I just mean there was a lot of content. Probably didn't end up great for you if you had some guys sitting at minus four or even minus three that you thought had a shot. That's not the case. However, there were some golfers that made the cut. So let's start off positively because we're it's a major week. We're positive. We're excited. So let's talk about that for a minute. Rain Gibson. Uh, he needs to birdie, comes to 16, needing to birdie 16, 17, 18. He did so. Uh, Joe Hyung Kim, to make his first cut, he needed to play the last five holes at one under, and he did so. William Gordon, how about him? Needed a 14-footer to make the cut. He nailed it. Brandon Hagee, he needed 34 in the back. Shot that. Kevin Chapel, he needed birdie on nine, got it. Adam Shank, this is one of a good one, needed to chip in from 38 feet for birdie. He did so on Rabon Lahiri. Hey, this guy needed to shoot 65. He did so bogey-free fashion. C.T. Pan, he needed to birdie 8 and 9. He did so. After an early bogey, Thagala needed to play the last 12 holes at 5 under. And did so. That's pretty good. 5 under in 12 holes to make it. And the last one, Akshay Bhatia, he shot in no worse. He needed no worse than 73, shot 72. So maybe I was just giving him a little bit more credit, a little bit more airtime there. Now, let's turn over to the uh, missed segment, the fun segment. Um, Chris Stroud, he missed a 13-footer. Roger Sloan missed a 10-footer. Keegan Bradley missed a 12-footer. Wes Bryan needed five on one of the easiest holes all week. Missed a 13-footer. Chris Baker missed a five-footer. Oh, man. Grayson Murray missed a 13-footer. Ted Potter missed a seven-footer. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal scores. This week, especially with the cut being minus five. A couple of guys that missed it due to just their putting, not a specific putt. Sergio Garcia lost over six strokes putting. Uh, I'm sorry, 5.2 strokes putting and shot minus three. Crazy. Uh, the other ones, the only ones that were really close, Matthew Neesmith, he lost four strokes putting and shot minus one. He would have been right on it. Uh, Ryan Armour, he lost three strokes putting and shot minus one. So he'd have probably still been on the outside looking in. But Taylor Gooch also lost three strokes putting and shot minus two. Roger Sloan, another guy that came up there, he lost 2.6 strokes putting and shot minus four. Ryan Brem lost two strokes putting and shot minus three. And the last one, Josh Teeter, he shot minus four and lost 2.4 strokes putting. So just a couple of guys that certainly with a little bit of a better putter would have made the weekend. Okay, now let's switch over to U.S. Open week. It is major week, and that means a guaranteed millionaire maker. Now, I guess we've gotten a little bit spoiled here, and maybe I don't sound as enthusiastic about it. But uh, we've been kind of accustomed to millionaire makers for uh, golf, especially during the hiatus and with no football. But now with football, we did not get one this past week for the Safeway Open. 
However, we get them. That we get one. Excuse me, we get one this week. It's the hundred dollar buy-in, so I like that a little bit. It increases, of course, if your odds are playing. Um, your odds are playing in it. You're playing against a lot of less content. Twenty five thousand. 277 entries into this one. Typically, it's over 100,000, so about a quarter of the field size. That means you're, you know, increasing your chances to win the Millionaire Maker if you're playing in it significantly, especially if you're only playing one lineup uh, each time. Okay, so playing for a million on DK, like I said, $100,000 on FanDuel for the $9.99 buy-in. Bigger dollar stuff is a little lackluster, though, I will say. Okay, now let's learn a little bit about Wingfoot. What a golf course we have in front of us. It's a par 70, 7,500 yards, or just about, maybe a little shy of that. It, I think it reads 74.77. The course difficulty, <laughs> this one is going to be fun to try and predict, but we know that in 2006 it was a five-over winner. Not, not a cut. The cut was 10-over. Think about that. Now, granted, it's only top 16 ties. Still, 10-over was the cut seen nothing like it. The reason why it's so difficult is because the fairway width is not very wide and the rough is five inches long and the golf course itself at a at a par 70, 7,500 yards is quite long. Especially, you know, you normally see at least three or four par fives when you get up to the 7,500 yard range, but not here at this course. Let's talk about it. Four par threes measuring 243, 162, 214, and 212. 12 par 4s, you're going to get 481, 484, 467, 321, 490, 384, 452, 426, 498, 504, and 470. Leaving the two par 5s at 565 and 633. And this one's going to shake out. It's interesting because you're going to have the 6th hole, the par 4, 321 yards. I think that's actually going to play the second easiest this week. Probably a little bit easier than the par 5, 633 yarder. But of course, the easiest hole will be 9. So you do have a stretch of holes, 6, 7, and 9. All pretty gettable, mixed in with a, a longer par 4, 490 yard 8th hole. But still, I think that stretch of holes, if you can get in there at 1 or 2 under, I still think this this year we're not going to be plus 5 or plus 10 on the cut. I think maybe... Even par or one under, you know, something like we saw at Shinnecock Hills, depending on how they maintain the golf course. You know, no two golf tournaments are the same, even if they're at the same place. And I mentioned this in the free article that I put up, of course, on Osmo. If you don't read it, called The First Cut. And what I what it said in there is even Pebble Beach, when you take that, for example, Graham McDowell in 2010 shot even par there on that golf course. That golf course was firm and fast, and everything looked brown. That, if you're a golf fan, that tint between brown and green that you know when you look at it, your ball has the impossibility of being able to stop on. That's what it looked like in 2010 for Graham McDowell's win. However, Gary Woodland won on the same golf course at minus 13 last year in the same tournament. But, of course, no two tournaments are the same. They were much easier conditions the greens were wet. There was dampness around it. It just made it much easier to control your shots. So um, this week, who knows what we're going to get. It's early on in the week, but the great thing is about majors is we'll have coverage on the Golf Channel all week. Okay, moving along. Uh, it is a mainly POA blend, which makes sense. It's New York. A uh, little bit of bent mixed in there. Average green size around 6,500, 6,600 square feet. Only two water hazards. 
and play on 15 and 16 a little bit. 76, 76 bunkers quite a bit. Rough length. So it's three and a half inches in that first cut, which is more than the typical PGA tournament itself, coming in around two and a half to three inches. And then you got that second cut, which is, you know, in some spots, maybe only six feet off of that first cut. Um, so two yards wide uh, is going to be five inches. And uh, we've already been told that there will be balls lost just in the rough this week uh, where you think you know where you hit it and you don't. So that should be fun. Tillinghast designed a beautiful, um, you know, he built it in 1920s. Uh, so just a beautiful old layout. Gil Hans restoration in 2013 to 15. So quite a dynamic duo there. In 2006, let's go, you know, take these with a little bit of grain of salt, what I'm about to give you. But at the same token, I still think it should prove to be somewhat comparable this year um, to what happened last time. Uh, and similar to TBC Harding Park, the fairways are going to just be very, very difficult to hit with the fairway width and the way the, the holes turn, a lot of dog legs. Just above 50% was hit in 2006. I see something maybe a little bit more this week. On the approach to the green, since we have long rough and not a lot of fairways hit, came in at 51% of the time. That would rank definitely the lowest on the PGA Tour if that were to happen again. <clears throat> now, that makes no, you know, makes sense as to why Jeff Ogilvie was able to win it at plus five in 2006. Around the green, if you do miss, it's big trouble. And uh, one of the other uh, persons that has been on the ground took some pictures of the around the green rough, and it is, in a word, rough. <laughs> Not to use a, a little idiosyncrasy or whatever you call that um, there, but it does look very difficult. You're only going to get up and down, or at least they did in 2006, 40% of the time when you miss the green, which is half the time. You can see why the cut was plus 10 now. Um, a lot of things going on. Now, when you're on the green, I wouldn't say it's really that easy. There's a lot of two tiers on these greens, a lot of undulation. You know, it was one of the highest putting averages back in 2006. So really, there's no break. You need to be focused through every single shot. I do suspect a well over par cut this week. I really do hope we get an over par winner. I want to see these guys go out and really have to try on each and every shot. Okay, let's go on and talk a bit about some of the golfers that you may not know that are playing here this week as we're at about 17 minutes. And what I typically do here is I go over my salary guesses and a couple of statistics for the week. But because I pretty much just went over the statistics a little bit more than I normally do and the fact that we already have pricing out, I'm going to give you some of the golfers that you may not know. There are 31 non-PGA Tour golfers out of the 144 scheduled to tee it up this week. And there are also some golfers that I didn't include um, in there, like Lee Westwood. He's not really a PGA Tour player, but most people know who Lee Westwood is by now. So, I, And uh, Eddie Pepperall is another one as well. So there are a couple I didn't include, but I did include all 31 in the first cut article. So if you're interested in learning about a couple more of these guys... Go ahead over to Osmo.com and check it out. So, a couple of those guys that I might that uh, we'll probably find some lineups of mine this week. Brendan Wu is the first one I want to talk about. Sixty six hundred for this guy. I'm quite excited. Listen, he's been playing pretty good golf, and he won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship to be able to get here this week. And getting here means he gets to go home. He lives only about ten minutes from the course. Has played the course a bunch himself growing up. So Brendan Wu at 6,600 this week, like him quite a bit. 
The next guy I want to talk about is Will Zalatoris coming in at 6,700. Here's a 24-year-old that hadn't quite broken through on the PGA Tour ranks or in professional golf ranks, but 11 straight top 20s on the Corn Ferry Tour. I don't care what tour you're playing on. If you have 11 straight top 20s, you are playing good golf. That is also including a second-place finish this past week. So Will Zalatoris heading into the next couple of weeks where he's going to have a start at the U.S. Open. I believe he gets a start at Corrales as well, which is the week after the U.S. Open. Um, So there's just a lot going on for Will Zalatoris and expect to see his name quite a bit in the upcoming years. Another guy that you're going to hear, the next two guys you're going to hear a lot about in the next coming years, but specifically this one, this guy Rasmus Hojgaard. And, of course, because he's from Denmark and his last name may not be typical of something I uh, I, I typically see. Sorry, I just used that word twice there. I apologize. Um, I may have botched it. But, however, he's 19 years old from Denmark. He's a twin. His his twin also plays on the European Tour. But listen to these starts since since the restart of golf after the pandemic. Sixth, third, first, and 31st. In his five stars. That's pretty incredible. That easily qualified him for this event where he'll obviously be making his first start. It's my favorite player out of these Euro groups, and I'm sure I'm not going to be the only one in this industry that talks about him, but his play is really not something to scoff at, especially now back at $6,800. He does present a little bit of value. Last guy I want to talk about also at 6800 is Sam Horsfield. Sam Horsfield is one of Two golfers on the European Tour that has come out playing fantastic golf, including two wins. That's correct. Two wins uh, to go along with another top ten. So Sam Horsfield easily getting himself into this golf tournament through his play. And he had this is another guy that had a ton of talent coming out. He's also went to Florida, so it's not like he hasn't played against these golfers that he's going to play against this week. But was maybe taking a little time to break through. But when you can see, like I said, a top 10 at the Brad Fred, followed up by a win at the Hero Open and a win at the Celtic Classic, Sam Horsfield coming into this week in some pretty good form. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of information to start off with this week. It is the U.S. Open week. There's going to be coverage all week on TV. So if you have Golf Channel and you've got some time or you are working from home and want to throw it on in the background, this is a perfect week for it. And of course, I'll be having a ton of content coming out, including, depending on when you're listening to this, on Monday, the uh, PGA DFS First Look Show with Jeff Ulrich as we go down and break down our opening thoughts and bets. And then, of course, the Strategy Show with Ben Raza and Timothy Frank on Tuesday. And then Wednesday night, Ben Raza and I are back on the mic together live before lock Wednesday evening. Should be a great show right before the major as we are bright and early Thursday morning lock. Might even be 6.50. I'll have to check the first tee time. But that will do it for me on the opening tee podcast. 22 minutes, so I'm right in my time allotment. I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you for coming in and joining me for the opening tee podcast. And we will see you back here tomorrow evening. If you are listening to this on Monday morning, when I put this out, check out Monday evening, maybe Tuesday morning, depending on when you have a chance. Let's do it, the Fit in the Form podcast, which will be the second edition of the Osmo Golf podcast here. So until next time, everybody, we will see you on the other side. Cheers.